Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Christiane Northrup, and I was listening the other day to my friend and colleague, Alex Collier. Alex has a long history of understanding things off-world and on-world, but what he really touched my heart with was the birth story of the United States of America. I am by trade an obstetrician gynecologist, so I'm very used to attending births. Right now, we are at the Pluto return of the United States of America. In other words, Pluto is going back to where it was at the very birth of our nation, a nation which I truly believe is favored by God, not because we're special, but because this country was an experiment in human liberty, in universal human freedom. And when you understand what the Founding Fathers went through to birth this nation, and when you understand that this story is not what you've been told, you will be inspired, just like the colonial army under George Washington, to stand up for your fellow humans so that we may, at last, be free. So please listen to Alex Collier telling you the real history of the United States that you have not learned. And then join arms with me and Alex and people all over the world who are standing for freedom and justice and liberty and everything that we humans know is possible in our hearts. In navigating the storm, part of that is knowing about the information, the disclosure of everything that's coming out, and it literally is coming from all sides, east, west, north, south, up and down. It, it's, it's coming from everywhere. All the information has some value. And we all go through stages where we will listen to one specific type of information for a while. And then at some point, we, we it's not that we lose interest. We feel like, okay, I, I, I got what it means. I, I have, I figured that piece out. And then you move to another piece and you do the same thing and then to another piece. And then what happens is, is you have all these pieces and then what we end up trying to do is take steps back and look at the big picture. We try to put those pieces into the big picture. And that's really important, is the big picture. Because when you have the big picture, and it absolutely makes sense to you, then you know exactly what you need to do. You know what direction you have to go to. You know what to say to people based on where they're at with their lack of information or wealth of information. And that makes moving in and out of the relationships you, you have in your life much easier. It's still work. 
you still have to have a lot of patience, um, especially with those who are just now starting to wake up. Uh, because disbelief and overwhelm typically go hand in hand when they first wake up and they realize, you know, holy shit, what the hell's been going on here? Why didn't I ever see it? And, you know, we can all explain that because we've all been there as well. Um, there is a lot of, well, I'm not going to say a lot of, there is a, a, a good share of doom and gloom, apocalypse, end of world, we're screwed, we're all going to starve to death. There is an awful lot of that out there right now. And I, I understand that you're going to do whatever it is that you feel you need to do. But we did not come back here in time. They're not up there. The Alliance, they're not up there to watch, you know, the whole thing implode. So they could, you know, send it back and show it on, on the news in their respective star systems. That's not why they're here. That is not our future. So do not, please, buy into it. Also, understand that typically those people who have that type of consciousness are also selling a lot of stuff. Okay? And that's their mindset, as if money is going to fix their situation. This situation we have going on on this planet has nothing to do with money, even though that's a major component in our day-to-day -day life. But that is not the motivation. The motivation is a spiritual renaissance, an awakening of who we are, not only individually, but as a civilization. We are spiritual beings first, having a physical experience. Let's not lose sight of that, because when everything else falls away, when all the lies are out, and all of the matrix disappears, all that shit falls away, the monetary system falls away, we are still left with ourselves and who we are and how we treat other people. That's where we are. That's what we're always going to be left with because the truth always can stand on its own. Everything else falls away. And you are truth. You're a spiritual being. Directly from source. It's important not to forget that. And, a new, and to source, we all will return. Okay? Our forefathers and foremothers knew this. Four, five, six thousand years ago, something happened on the planet, and we entered a dark age. Well, that dark age is passing, virtually passed, and we're moving into not only an age of enlightenment, but we're just moving into light. 
And as we absorb more light, as we become more light, as we become more comfortable with trusting ourselves and all that is, we will expand that light further and further and further out. And we will at some point shine like the sun. Today, I wanted to look into the past. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, a great deal of this presentation has to do with the birth of the United States. And I know that every country, more or less, has its its own history, its own story, its its own birthing. But for whatever reason, the the birth of the United States created a new domain of knowing. It solidified, it brought down very specific ideals and tenets of how to live with each other and how authority, government, as we call it, is to treat and respect its citizens. And almost from the get-go, at its birth, it was attacked. Sometimes from within. The story of how it got started and what is happening today, there are some striking parallels. And I'm going to do my best to share those with you today. Um, because even though the players are different, you know, there clearly appears to be the hand of God here moving this. And what I found stunning is that how the founders, the, the, the colonies of Europeans that were here, how they transitioned from the monarchies to the idea of individual liberties to self-rule to a republic form of government is absolutely no different than what we are going to have to go through today. They had to have patience. They had to give it time to actually physically manifest, to be built and put into place. That is no different than what we're going to have to go through and what we are going through today. We haven't had a republic, a genuine constitutional republic form of government in what 160 years in this country we've go we went from common law to maritime law and everything that that entails and now we're rolling it all back a lot of it most of it from behind the scenes rolling it all back 
you know, to common law and a constitutional republic. And something else that nobody has been talking about that I'm aware of is that at some point, ladies and gentlemen, we the people are going to have to have a constitutional convention because we don't have a government. That shit show, that circus that we see in D.C., that's not real. That is not a valid government. That is a defunct bankrupt corporation where they are acting out. They are pretending to be a government, and they're not. They're even being paid with funny money. Okay. Okay, it's not real money. Not real money. We have a gold-backed currency. We have constitutional money. We just haven't seen it yet. So everything else that you're seeing is a shot, is just a circus. But I want to share some things with you, okay, about what it is that's going on. Our founders, both men and women, founded a country with a an amateur army no navy what to speak of at all uh farmers bricklayers carpenters you know you had some british regulars that had done their service and left you had others who had come over from Britain or Ireland and were indentured servitude for seven years here. And then when they were released from their servitude, they joined the militia, okay? They joined the militia, the colonials. They did not shy away from the revolution. They knew it needed to be because they have had they had their own horror stories in their old countries of what a monarch what a tyranny looked like and they simply wanted no part of it anymore so they were willing to risk it all get on a boat or boats come across the atlantic ocean to a land they had never seen before with their loved ones with whatever they could carry to begin something brand new, to change their stars. Many of them couldn't pay for this, the, the shipping, so they were indentured to the shipping company or a bank or to someone for five, six, seven years, some even 10 years before they were set free. So a portion of whatever it is that they earned would, would go back to England or to the shipping company or whatever. That's what it was worth to these people in order to be free. They wanted to be free. They wanted to be able to make their decisions for themselves. Now, what separates the United States is the fact that we had a frontier in Europe, most of the countries were full of people. 
and most people were trapped in their cities or their provinces and they they would end up being what their mother was or what their father was the same type of work in other words it was very very difficult to change your stars in a scenario in a situation like what europe was especially since most of it was controlled by monarchs okay and if you know anything about a monarchy the way they maintained control was usually bribery, being a thug, enforcement, anything that did not replicate, replicate freedom or freedom of choice. Here in America, we had enough people, brilliant people, that decided to somehow miraculously get together and decide that they were gonna do something different. The blessing for us is that they were very educated about other forms of government. And there has never been a Republican, a constitutional Republic like the United States, Rome, pretended to be a republic. And they would always say that, that we're the republic because they had a Senate. But the fact of the matter is that Caesar said, bend over, touch your toes, they would bend over and touch their toes. If Caesar said sneeze, they would sneeze. Okay, that is not a republic. All right, that is a monarchy pretending to be a republic. The United States was established to be a genuine, true republic, constitutional republic. They pushed and they called for not only freedom, but individual liberties. There are many interesting things that occurred that they no longer teach in the United States about history. One of those things is this, when the colonial army led by, by Washington, General Washington, came down from Boston to New York, there were about 9,000 of them. And not, very few of them were professional soldiers or had any real genuine soldiering experience. But that's, that's, what, that's what we were, okay? We were Americans. We were going to protect our homeland. We were going to protect our families. And we were going to protect the idea of individual liberties. That's what we all wanted. You see, we knew what we wanted. We knew where we wanted to go. We had no idea how to get there, but we knew what we wanted. On the island of Manhattan, there's an area that was called the Green. It was a very, very large open space of grass. Beautiful. On July 9th, 1775, I'm sorry, 1776. 
General Washington and the 9,000 colonials were there and they were watching at least 200 of, of British ships landing on Long Island and Staten Island unloading tens of thousands of troops. Now, King Charles sent them over here to stamp the revolution out. That was their job. Stamp the revolution out, kill George Washington. As they're there watching this, as they realize these soldiers, these colonials, watching these these well-trained British troops coming off of boats, you know, on islands of, off Manhattan. General Washington has several of his people take positions and for the very first time, the colonial troops, as this was going on on July 9th, heard the Declaration of Independence for the very first time. They were standing there watching the English, knowing what they were gonna do, they were gonna attack. General Washington had all these soldiers listen to the Declaration of Independence. He wanted to be sure that they all understood what they were fighting for. And they did. The ranks went up, the ranks came down. But they understood what they were fighting for. It might interest you to know that that very spot where they heard the Declaration of Independence for the first time is where the Twin Towers stood mm -hmm. before they were taken down. That is hallowed ground. That's where Washington and his men heard the Declaration of Independence for the first time. They don't teach that in school. After Washington and the Colonials getting their ass kicked all over New England and having to spend the winter at Valley Forge, where he went in with he went in with almost 7,000 men. Many left, 1,000 or so left. 2,000, just over 2,000 died of dysentery and disease at Valley Forge. What he was left with was roughly 2,500 troops. That was the entire colonial army against 30,000 British troops and another 1,500 Hessian troops that the king hired. to solidify the British group. These were professionally trained mercenaries, the Hessians. It was all but lost, it was all but over. And General Washington decided, you know, we have to do something or we're, we're done. So, and, and he was always talking about the cause. The cause was this revolution, was the revolution of freedom, of individual liberties to change the world because the whole world was being controlled and being monopolized by the European banks 
and the European monarchies. People knew, but they never had the power to do anything about it. And frankly, it was even more difficult because generation after generation after generation were born into these monarchies, into this type of a lifestyle. They knew nothing else. And not everybody is brave enough to to want to just cast that off, roll the dice, like many of the people in Europe that came to the United States or came to North America. This would include Canada as well, where they would risk everything to try to carve out a different type of life for themselves. It, it takes something, someone very, very brave and sure of themselves or someone who has so much profound faith in, in God and source that they would risk it all and would walk into the fire. The colonials were very, very sure they were going to lose. You know, I mean, here's the British Army, the greatest military might in the world at that time. You know, and so so George Washington decided we're going to do something and he got he made a very desperate move and actually the um uh, the call the code for that night was victory or death so that all the soldiers knew the 2500 that were left the hardcore soldiers that he had left which was all the colonial army was at that time December 23rd 1777 that's all he had So they would know, if we don't succeed, it's over. He decided to cross the Delaware and go into Trenton and capture the Hessians. Now, previous to this, there was a battle in Long Island, Brooklyn Heights. The colonials were routed. From where they were, as they were escaping, as they were retreating out of the area, they would stop and they could see that these same Hessian soldiers were killing, shooting, executing the captured colonial prisoners. They weren't housing them. They were just shooting them. Again, they don't teach this in history. They had nine longboats which should have taken three or four hours, ended up taking nine hours across the Delaware. It was cold. It was wet. It was snowing. It was raining. It was sleeting. And they had to get in boats. You know, one-third of the Colonials didn't even have shoes. They didn't even have winter clothes. You know, and unbeknownst to almost everybody, literally 10% of the Colonial Army that that was stuck with Washington were African-Americans. You see, it's interesting how the Democrat schools never teach that. These were free men who chose to do this. And they were there throughout the whole thing. And it was their service that made George Washington completely rethink slavery so that in his will, when he passed away in his will, he freed 
all of his slaves. And it was because of these men. These African-American that stuck it out through it all. These men were tired. They were exhausted. They were hungry. And when they crossed the Delaware, whenever they got to the other side, they still had an eight-mile march to Trenton. And he knew that these men were near done. He knew they were tired. He was tired. So before they crossed over, you know, they moved off the, off the shore of the Delaware River and they built some fires. And George Washington had his officers read to these men for the first time Thomas Paine's common sense or the American cause. It was Thomas Thomas Paine's The American Cause. That it begins by saying these are the times that try men's souls. And it and it uplifted these 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 men. And they had the courage. They they somehow had the fortitude. They somehow filled with hope that they could still do this. And sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, that's all you have. You could be living in your car, having no idea what you're going to do a minute from now. And sometimes the only thing you have is hope, is faith. And those are the things that make you who you are. Is when you're down, when you're on your knees, you find a way to get up. You find a reason to get up. And this is important because we're going to be going through some shit here, particularly the United States. We're going to go through some shit. A lot of people are pissed off with us. And, you know, when I say us, I don't necessarily think the American people, but they're lumping us in with our government, with our military industrial complex, with the banking system. A lot of bad things have occurred outside the United States as well as inside the United States in the name of the American people. And we all know there's no way if we had a clue that any of this we would ever sanction. But nonetheless, we have to own it because it is our government or it was our government. Anyway, they take Trenton, then they take Princeton, and in two weeks, after losing battle after battle after battle after battle, in two weeks, Washington drove the British Army and the Hessians out of New Jersey in just two weeks. It was like somebody flipped the switch. Now, 
ideology is not the most important thing here. And I, and I want to state that unequivocally up front. This is not about an ideology. This is about momentum. This is about the building of a consensus. This is about a focused intent of a collective of people together focusing on what it is that they want. Now, President Trump and many others have been talking about freedom. I have been talking about freedom. Many books, pamphlets, websites, truth tellers are all talking about freedom. We think we've been free in this lifetime to a degree. But none of us truly have been free. And the white hats are, in fact, setting that up. Now, oh boy, here we go. There's a lot of people that I hear chattering, what's taking so long? You know, they, they just, you know, no one should be saying that out loud. You really shouldn't, because you have no idea what's obviously been going on. You have absolutely no idea what's been going on behind the scenes, and you have absolutely no idea how hard everything has been. You know, this movement, this movement actually started, I think, before Kennedy was assassination, assassinated or not assassinated. That's a whole other discussion. This really started... Uh, when Lincoln was taken out. And Andrew Johnson, the vice president, was brought up on charges of treason because of his dealings with the European banks. What Kennedy did, I'm sorry, what Lincoln did was he printed greenbacks, U.S. currency, not foreign currency, now, you're probably saying to yourself, well, wait a minute, we had our own currency. Didn't Andrew Jackson kick out the international bankers? Point of fact, no, he did not. And point of fact, what Andrew Jackson did was he closed the national bank that Alexander Hamilton started and George Washington started. The national bank is where farmers and manufacturers and shippers could go and borrow money to expand their business, buy product, so they could export and import. When he shut that bank down, that forced everyone to have to go to New York City to Wall Street. And at that time, Wall Street was European bankers. So that's another point of American history where they've, they've just changed it. They've just changed it. 
Jackson was a fantastic soldier. There's a lot of incredible stories. In fact, one of his closest friends was Sam Houston. Sam Houston went to uh, D.C. to see his his old uh, commanding officer as they fought in the Seminole Wars down down in the uh, southeastern United States. And this Sam Houston got drunk and got into a fight with a congressman. Beat this congressman up pretty good. This congressman called Sam Houston up on charges to to have him arrested and thrown in prison. And Sam Houston only had his buckskins and he was not prepared. So Andrew Jackson took him to get a suit so he could represent himself properly in front of Congress. He also hired him an attorney, Francis Scott Key, to represent him. Francis Scott Key to represent him. When it when it turned out that it wasn't looking very good, Francis Scott Key told the president, Mr. and Andrew Jackson, it doesn't look good. You should tell your buddy what to do. So Jackson told Sam Houston that he should head to that place called Texas and he should hide out there. And that's exactly what he did. He even gave him a horse to go ride to Texas. And of course, the rest of that is history. There are, see, there's so much of how these things intermingle and how these things come together that, you know, it's just, it's stunning when you realize the big picture. All these things were more or less ordained to occur to happen in a specific way. The cause that we have today is not just about the United States. It's not. This is about we the people, and I'm including the human population, the human civilization on Earth. This is about everybody. If we, when we get rid of this cancer called the reptilian cabal, when we can get rid of this cancer of satanic religions that are on this planet and all the behavior that goes with that, the entire world will become a constitutional republic where everyone has the benefits of individual liberties, where everyone can decide what it is they want to do, where they want to go, and how they can change their own stars. What made the United States unique again was the frontier. You get to the east and you could go west and you could carve out your own place. You can you could do whatever it is that you, whether it was trapping, farming, uh, uh, horse breaking, a blacksmith, whatever it is you wanted to do. Whatever you were called to do, you could do it because you were moving into an area that wasn't crowded. You weren't limited by options. Everything was wide open. Yes, mistakes were made, especially the treatment of the indigenous people. And that is, in fact, a black scar uh, and a wound that the United States will always have. But, you know, like the Indians used to say, 
you know, they stuck us all in a reservation. And now if you look at the United States and you look at the tyranny and you look at everything that's going on, no justice system, no justice at all, the whole country's now a reservation. Okay, so we're all Indians now. And we can't allow this to happen. We cannot allow this to stand. Whether it's the United States or or Canada or Mexico, South America, Europe, even in Asia. We all have a right to liberty. I hear people, whistleblowers, truthers, you know, we're, I think we're losing. I, I, I think the deep state's still, still too strong. That's not it at all, ladies and gentlemen. We are gathering strength. You understand we are gathering strength. These places where it seems like nothing's happening, we are gathering strength. We are resting for the next move. And there is so much going on in the background. They have to set up the new republic. Here in the United States, they have to set up the new republic. We haven't had one in 160 years. Okay? And there is no government for it. The Constitution is very clear. We don't have a Congress. We don't have a Senate. We don't have anything except the military and possibly a commander-in-chief. But that's it. That's not a government. That is not a government by we the people. And this is something that everybody needs to know and remember. The cabal has to win. To survive, they have to win. For us to survive, we just don't have to lose. You see, all we have to do is survive. And they will run out of everything because there is constant pressure. By the White Hat Global Military Alliance, there is constant pressure all the time, every minute of every day, behind the scenes on the deep state and the global cabal. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Everything they do is being chipped at. Uh, every move they make, they're being, they, they're, they know they're being watched. Every nefarious bank deposit or, or whatever it is that they're doing is being taken away from them. They are taking away all of the tools that they used to enslave humanity. This is what's going on in the background. And at the same time, we're looking at, okay, blockchain's up. Blockchain's official. Everybody's using it. All the banks are on it now. Okay? Uh, the bankers don't call the quantum financial system QFS. They call it something else. But neither here nor there. So we have that. Um, we have a USN. It is, in fact, trading, but it's off the screens for now. Um, uh, we have the Treasury. We have the United States Treasury now in charge, and the Federal Reserve is being literally bankrupt. Um, and there's a whole strategy to what they're doing there as well. At the same time, uh, you're, you're beginning to see the media turn. You're beginning to see disclosure every day 
there's more and more information coming out. This is to prepare the people for what's coming. Now, for those of us who have been awake for decades, it may seem slow, but in reality, it's not. What we have to do is practice patience. I mean, 25 years ago, I, I, I couldn't talk this stuff with you that we talk on the webinars about. Oh, my God, I couldn't. No way. You know, we've come so far in such a, a short amount of time. And it's going to become more and more pronounced. You have to be, we all have to be patient with this, you know. And, and again, here in the United States, they are putting the republic back together. They have to create common law. They have to train lawyers, government lawyers, JAG, well, well, some JAG, uh, in common law, because it hasn't been taught, okay? Because we will be in a martial law scenario for a temporary amount of time until everything can be established, so we can hold elections, all right? Because we have to create a new government, a constitutional republic, government. We don't have that. This isn't a quick fix. This isn't at all. When this is all said and done and the deep state is gone, the United States will never be the same. It will be different. And the biggest difference is citizen participation is an absolute must. You have to protect your country. You have to protect your rights. You have to demand that your rights be honored and that the Constitution, as written and, and or amended by us, we the people, be honored. Because the Constitution was a contract with the government. But it was. It was a contract. You do this or we replace you. The Declaration of Independence specifically said that, okay? That's our birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence. If you don't do the job, we have the right to replace you. In 1782, Shortly after Yorktown, the Continental Army didn't know that that was the last battle. They thought it would still go on for a few more years. But all the officers um, got together in Newburgh, New York in 1782, and they were going to mutiny. They were going to mutiny against the Congress, um, and if needed be, against General Washington, because they had not been paid in eight years. In eight years, they never got paid. So they were going to mutiny. And General Washington entered the room and he pulled out a speech that he was going to read and he realized that he couldn't see the paper. 
and he did something that is never done, especially in the 18th century military people. They never wore spectacles, ever, glasses. He pulled them out of his pocket, put them on, so he could actually read his speech. He didn't even get through the speech. And he just looked at all these men and said, I am loyal to the last drop of my blood, to the cause. And so should you. And he left. He just walked out of the room. And the mutiny ended right there because he reminded them. He reminded them what this was really about. Yes, the money's important. But is money more important than liberty, than freedom? No, it can't be. It cannot possibly be more important than being free. December 23rd, 1783, George Washington goes to Annapolis, Maryland, where he resigns as commander-in-chief only to become president shortly thereafter. Donald Trump relinquished his presidency only to become commander-in-chief of the army, the military. He did, General Washington did what no other leader had done in a thousand years. He gave his power back to the people. Go back to Trump's inaugurational speech in 2017, January 2017. What was it that he said? This is not the same business as usual. We are giving back power to you, the people. That responsibility, ladies and gentlemen, is ours now. We have an obligation, we have a responsibility to make sure we understand what's going on here. We have a responsibility to understand that when this is all said and done, we will have a new country, a new birth of freedom, just like our founders did. We are going back to the beginning. Where all the laws are going to have to be rewritten. State governments will have to be modified. Federal government will become incredibly smaller. Because it has chains on it by the Constitution. And I think the biggest responsibility that we have is that because we are the power, we the people, are in fact the power of this country. We represent this country. We are this country. Okay, We are this country. Just as, if, as you the people in, in Britain, you are your country. It is not your government. 
It is you. There is no government without people there. The same could be said for China and Asia and Vietnam and South Korea. With no people there, no population, there is no need for even a government to exist. The American Revolution was literally fought on three different continents. And it lasted seven, seven to eight years. It started with the French and Indian War here in the United States, where the French were driven out of the United States, but at a very great cost to Britain. So the Britons, so the British, so heavily taxed the colonies that that it led to the American Revolution. And then we had the French coming in to help us with the British to end the American Revolution in our favor. And the French, the money that the French spent helping us, they taxed their own citizens back in France which led to the French Revolution. (laughs) That's exactly how it all went down. Okay? So this thing about taxes is something we as citizens have to address. The Constitution is clear. There is no taxation without representation, and there is no taxation on income. And, you know, this, if there's nothing else that we do as a collective society, this is something I'm sure we can all agree on. Okay? There are so many things we have to do. And we are setting the, this, we are setting this up for future generations. This isn't, if I have time, we have to do this. We have to do this. If you have children, we, you have to do this. You have to be involved because they're going to have children and their children are going to have children. Okay, this is not the end of the world. That's not how this ends. If we take responsibility, if we move as a focused civilization to ensure freedom, to ensure prosperity, and to ensure that whatever legal system is there, it's absolutely just, then we, the people, will remain free. Because we will defend ourselves against any one of these systems going rogue, whether it's here or in another country. This is a human problem. This is a, a, an issue for the entire civilization. 
that we have got to stand together. And you will learn this at some point whenever the mentorship actually begins. We will have all kinds of questions about their civilizations. They do not kill each other, ladies and gentlemen. They do not terminate their young, ladies and gentlemen. They have disagreements, but they figure out ways to work it out. And if they can't work it out, they put it aside for a time and then come back to it. They don't pull out knives, guns, laser weapons, and start shooting each other. They don't do this to themselves, ever. Not even the regressives kill each other. This behavior of ours has got to stop. Got to stop. You're going to learn about climate change and how it's primarily bullshit numbers, chemtrails, and weather modification. That is literally, they're literally trying to move us into this 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 jail cell. And then they're going to say, well, there's just too many of you, so, you know, they want to justify killing us openly with either vaccines, diseases, whatever it's going to be. Poison food, poison water. These are... These people are nuts. They're psychotic. So if for no other reason you you need to get involved, it's because of that. Victory or death, we have to win this globally, all of humanity, or these beings, these people, they've already told you what they want, the 2030 agenda, 2050 agenda, agenda 21. They've already told you what they're going to do. I, I know, well, I don't know. I don't know anything, frankly. <laughs> um, and, you know, the implosion of banks, the implosion of corporations, the implosion of the supply chain, you know, a lot of this is all um, a manipulation. It's It's specifically trying to to trap us, to get us into a place, a hurt locker, where they want us to just lay down. They want us to just lay down. Not on my watch, folks. Not on my watch. We don't lay down. We never lay down. Ever. Not until it's over. Not until they're done. Absolutely done. Yes, there are trials going on. Yes, people are being removed. Yes, they're being replaced by actors in a mask and or clones. Yes, clones are real. And uh, if you want to hear the first, some really good information about cloning and came from a former head of the Import-Export Bank for, for John Kennedy. 
His name was Dr. Peter Beter, B-E-T-E-R. You can look him up. Uh, and I believe he would release audio letters, I think in the late 70s, early 80s, until he was uh, murdered in a parking lot. Uh, I think it was in either Dallas or Houston for talking about this stuff. Very good source, and that information should be brought back um, or, or brought into the conversation again. This information has been around, but of course, it's been dismissed. Um, we allowed intelligence agencies to make the decisions for us, to tell us what to think, to um, program us to believe what was real and what wasn't. And the irony of this whole thing is that what you're going to find out when you go down these rabbit holes is that it was some of these intelligence agencies and the military-industrial complex that were doing all of this nefarious shit. They were creating their own culture, creating their own governments, creating their own way of life. without any care whatsoever or concern about humanity. They were the ones that took part of the breakaway civilizations until they were forced to come back by benevolent extraterrestrial groups. And I mean that they were forced to come back by these groups, by the benevolent groups. You know, the conversations were very simple. Look what you've done in your own country. Look what you're trying to do out here. What makes you think we're ever going to trust you? You need to go back and clean up your own home. Clean up your own space before you even consider doing this out here. I paraphrase. You know, the thing about Many galactic civilizations is that they're incredibly responsible. Incredibly responsible. And they're virtuous. They are dedicated to doing the right thing for themselves and for their civilization. And that often spills out as to being the right thing for those around them that they have relationships with. Those relationships only get stronger and closer when they realize here's a civilization we can honor, that we can trust, that we can build a genuine relationship with. We can't even do that with our own countries. We can't even do that with our own neighborhoods. In some neighborhoods, the citizens don't have any relationship with law enforcement whatsoever. It's so broken. It's so fractured. And this was all done intentionally to keep us apart, to keep us broken.
it's necessary to remember that there was a time in our history, our ancient history, where we all spoke the same language. We all experienced the same type of life. We were all beholden to regressive extraterrestrial groups. And then it changed. There have been lots of times where I've been very embarrassed by us when I was standing in front of Moranane Faseus, our brutality towards each other, our level of hatred, our extreme of hatred. Our willingness to kill each other. People we didn't even know. We go to their country to kill them. How do you justify that? Abortion? There were times I simply, I didn't know how to face them. I didn't know how to face them. And I know they knew that because I'd be thinking it and they're telepathic. They would know, they knew exactly what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And they never judged. They never judged. You know, but they would ask questions. Why do you have to pay to live on a planet you were born on? Why did that man shoot him and then try to save his life? Why do the first act and then try to save him from the act that you you initiated in the beginning? You know... I do not know if this next phase we're going into is going to be humanity's dark night of the soul. If it is, then we all need to pray for each other that we get through it as quickly as possible. That we get to where we need to go so that we can answer the questions. So that we can realign ourselves with our heart with our souls to remember who we are. So that we can move forward in a completely different frequency. Because that's coming anyway. 
you know, we are much stronger than we know. We're smarter than we know. We're cleverer. We're also idiots, knuckleheads, you know. We have been through a lot. The history of, of us here, we were used as pawns in wars. Uh, some of our ancestors, especially those in India and South America, nukes were used. At least one, probably two pole shifts occurred. And we survived. And we've, we've made it back to creating cities and towns and countries and nations, a civilization. But we've picked up some really, really bad habits. And we have to be genuinely open about changing those and doing whatever it takes. We're not commodities. We're human beings. We are God's source in flesh, living in a dimension and creating our own reality. We have to remember that the love that we withhold is the pain that we carry lifetime after lifetime. There really is no reason to withhold love. There really isn't. You can, if someone offends you, you just move out of their space and you love them from a distance. You don't hate. You don't hate because that energy comes back to you to us and we have some growth to go through we're going to have to face some ugly truths but it's going to be we the people we the collective of humanity they're going to have to face these things which will make it easier for us to process and move through it because we're all going to be embarrassed. We are. We're all going to be embarrassed. We're going to be embarrassed about the kids, what's been happening to the children, and not knowing about it. We're going to be embarrassed for knowing about our government's drug trafficking and not doing anything about it. We're going to be embarrassed about our country starting wars only to make money or to steal the resources of another country. We're going to be embarrassed about it. We're going to be embarrassed about the about governments and other agencies fully participating in the poisoning of humanity's food because they decided we were not worthy to live here and not pushing back. We're all going to be embarrassed by that because we're all guilty of all this stuff. We are. 
But if we could just make the decision to defend each other, all these problems go away. All these issues go away almost immediately. Because if you're defending me, then I'm going to defend you. And you're going to defend someone else, and I'm going to defend someone else. And this will spread to every country, to every town, every village, to every living person on this planet. You hurt them, you hurt me. That's not okay. This isn't rocket science. This is compassion. This is knowing your brother and knowing your sister. And embracing everyone as family. Now, I, I realize not every member of our families we particularly care for. I get that. But you can still love them from a distance. Okay? I know this is... I know this is probably not where you thought this was going to go today. But this is what I was called to do. This was the message I was called to deliver today. Because things are moving very quickly now, ladies and gentlemen. And they're going to. And we're going to have to be on our toes. We're going to have to be able to maneuver as quickly as possible. We're going to have to be very resilient. And above all, we're going to have to be, and we need to be resolute about what it is that we want. And if that is freedom, if you truly want to be free, and that needs to be our focus. And everything that we do, every action we take needs to be moving us closer and closer to, to freedom, to being free as a nation, as a culture, as a planet, as a race. Nothing gets in the way of that. And whatever stands in that way Whatever stands in the way of us being there, we, the people, need to remove it as an obstacle. We dismantle it. So we can achieve our objective. And that's liberty for the human race on planet Earth.